0: Welcome to Rankin' Vile, the podcast where we attempt to rank every single horror movie ever. And this is Ryan. And this is Quincy. This is our 100th, 100th episode of Rankin' Vile.
1: Oh my god.
0: Yeah. We did nothing special. <laughs> it's just happened. No, it's like, alright, we're back on our bullshit. Episode 100. We're doing 80 slasher movies. Um, I, god damn, we have now done... 100 episodes of this podcast, which I think counts as some kind of milestone. Yeah. So, what has been the most
1: surprising part of this journey, (laughs) Ryan?
0: That's a great question. I think the surprise, all right, the most surprising part of this podcast for me, I think, has been uh, realizing how amazing um, The Witch is in comparison to other horror movies from around the same time period like that movie I don't know upon rewatching it I'm kind of astounded that we're not still talking about the witch constantly like the way we talk about the exorcist and uh the shining yeah the witch owns bones i mean the
1: i'm I'm always busting out this chestnut, but they paid the only guy that knows how to authentically thatch roofs
0: to <laughs> thatch the roof for that set for the vavitch. Um, I honestly I think my favorite surprise movie on the podcast has to be the mutilator. I think the the mutilator might be one of my favorite horror movies ever, and I what was that an arrow release or a vinegar syndrome release? uh mutilator is arrow yeah uh, i think that's one of those movies that um a has one of the wildest wildest deaths i've ever had the the privilege to watch in a horror movie um you're talking about that battle axe death <laughs> yeah yeah dude either or the battle ax, uh, the battle axe or the hook the the fact that we can't agree on the wildest death in that movie. Yeah, the fact that there's a question about which of those is is the most buckwild. Um, yeah, I, either that or uh, what was the Canadian horror movie with the ice skating hag that murders a guy with a sickle? Oh, curtains. Yeah, curtains. I think curtains might be another like dark horse. Like this is the best movie ever made, sort of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think what I have learned is um, there are still surprises. Mm -hmm. I thought that we couldn't get 100 episodes in and um, have stuff left to talk about and uh, enjoy it. But there's always some weird shot on video in Hong Kong (laughs) in exchange for a Mogwai movie that you watch.
0: yeah that's honestly if we had a strictly mogwai for horror movie arrangement I feel like that's ideal we honestly uh, hundred movies in I feel like now I've, I've noticed a few trends on uh, the wait let me let me let me count 353 <laughs> movies we've done for this for this podcast um, I, I've noticed a few things one we really love Jalo films like greasy yeah. Italian horror with a black gloved killer Um. Just, I think that might, by the numbers, be our favorite genre on this podcast. Um, we, oddly enough, have done a lot of uh, movies about witches, specifically.
1: Yeah, something about witch shit is actually scary.
0: Yeah, I I, I don't know what it is. Like, I, we... Uh, witch shit and also the internet. <laughs> like, <laughs> if, there's, if there's a horror movie about an evil internet or somebody getting owned by an evil internet, we probably have watched and ranked it
1: guess what there's more that we still need to do
0: <laughs> man there's
1: another unfriended and i
0: oh yes i'm sorry
1: is. we never actually recorded the episode on unfriended it is lost
0: to oh, the internet
1: being a possessed demon
0: oh man we lost that episode and then uh, the uh episode with katie Schenkel where we did rosemary's baby we yeah oh man that that got lost uh, you're just gone yeah yeah eaten eaten by the void so unfriended the dark web I am first of all it's called unfriended colon dark web which is so my dream journal for the name of a movie I would like to watch
1: so have you been checking out this trend on YouTube where people dot people buy uh s- secret boxes from the dark web what so it's it's you know unboxing videos yeah. how those are really popular uh-huh. well these people log onto the dark web and they send <laughs> bitcoin to a stranger and get what is usually criminal Items in the
0: post. Alright, what do we got? We got a human pancreas. We got some ostrich jerky. We got. (laughs) It's like. One brick of plutonium. This is a doll that's been fucked by a human being. (laughs) And
1: here is some hair. And here is a (laughs) bloodstained knife. Or here are drugs. It's it's stuff like, you know, they'll open the box and they're like, oh,
0: here's like 20 pounds of drugs. Can't wait to put heroin-soaked molars into my cocktails as a garnish. Like, my friends are going to be so jealous of my teeth wrapped in human hair that I got <laughs> on dark Google. Holy shit. That is, that is just outstanding. I Now I kind of want dark uh, internet unboxing videos to just, happened to me like i don't know that i want to look them up myself but i kind of uh dear listeners if any of you have a suitably uh, creepy anonymous email address and you can just send us at rank and vile cast at gmail.com uh
1: <laughs>
0: a link to a forbidden unboxing video where like somebody's pulling out like a shrunken head or like a condom full of blood or i don't know um let's talk about the life
1: i'm living that that just shows up in my youtube recommendation <laughs> feed
0: I mean, you know what it is? After the real, uh, the, the the Reborn dolls,
1: I, I feel like
0: everything <laughs> every... <laughs> else can top it. Yeah, that Jane's Addiction album, Nothing Shocking. Um, so, Quincy, what ghoul shit have you been up to this week?
1: I've been up to literal ghoul shit. I've been playing <laughs> ghouls and ghosts on my yes. uh, Raspberry Pi. So, a uh, friend of the show, Kyle, and I put together... A Raspberry Pi uh, retro gaming console. Mm-hmm. So I've been playing old arcade games on my television, and you don't start to realize what a carny level flim flam arcade <laughs> games are until you have digital quarters to put in it and you can play them as many times as you want. Oh, yes. Uh, especially Ghouls and Ghosts fucking cheats. How does it cheat? Okay. In what reality does a knight in armor, when a vulture touches him, strip down to his underwear <laughs> and then Why? have to fight said ghouls and
0: ghosts? <laughs> Ghouls and ghosts. That's 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 the the lethal that's the lethal combo right there. Like just ghouls or ghosts you can handle, but together, forget about it. Yeah,
1: it's horseshit. It's such a fucking <laughs> terrible game, and it's designed to show you. Oh, it shows you the entire video game map mm-hmm. and where you died, and then it starts you from the beginning again and says, "Up, oh, try it again, sucker." <sighs> it's like it's taunting you to keep going and to spend another quarter in it and you'll never get farther.
0: Yeah, these are these are video carnies. Like you have to shell out money in order to progress with this. It's it's like Yeah. Uh, it's sort of like Scientology in that way. Like you got to keep pumping money into it to get to the next level. It's 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 a good thing that I own this and it's not a
1: case <laughs> where I'm going to spend my life savings on a dreadlock banana, but uh <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's rough.
0: Yeah, that's the that's the <laughs> life you've chosen for yourself. Um, so what have you been up to Ryan? Oh, you know, I so I've been up to two things one uh, the uh, as uh, the gamers among our listeners uh, might know there is a uh, re, uh, a refurb. I guess you'd call it of Resident Evil 2 That ho is oh yeah, yeah available on ps4 um, I so uh, place uh, I I would go over to a friend's house when I was a, a, a wee bab, and I would play Resident Evil two, and it scared the shit out of me. And I honestly, I pine for the days in which PS one graphics could scare the bejesus out of me, because um, like Resident Evil is my is my series. Like that's the that's the one that like every rotten installment they they come out with in that series, I will play it. Um, and, and this is also coming right after playing Resident Evil 7 which is amazing like re- all right so Resident Evil 4 came out ages ago and it was perfect and then they were like all right yeah i love Resident Evil 4 oh. although it
1: also was too scary for me to finish oh
0: absolutely but like honestly you know what it is i've been chasing the high of the first 10 minutes of Resident Evil 4 for the last decade of my life. <laughs> like where you just you know come up on the village and all the villagers are attacking you and you gotta you gotta get to the end of it like it's it's so good. Um, and then they made Resident Evil 5 and it was very bad and they they made Resident Evil 6 and it was somehow worse. And then Resident Evil 7 is basically what if the Texas chainsaw massacre, but it eventually just turns into a weird Eldritch thing later on that's like that, that turns sciency. And it's wonderful and perfect. And so Resident Evil 2, I'm about to be up to my eyeballs in Resident Evil 2. Uh, so there's that. And then also, Quincy, have you seen the Ted Bundy tapes on Netflix?
1: Not yet. I, I got a lot of uh, <sighs> my friends who have seen it, and they're, like, not that good. So uh, yeah. uh, my passion and excitement has cooled for Ted Bundy tapes.
0: <laughs> you know, I honestly, I, I got to tell you... So I have watched the Ted Bundy tapes. It's not that good. And I think the problem with it is, if you've already read The Stranger Beside Me and you're kind of, you know, embarrassingly into true crime anyway, the problem with it is it's trying to like sex up Ted Bundy and make him cool. And I don't appreciate that shit. Like, the only I feel like the only people who think Ted Bundy was actually charming and handsy are like gross true crime dudes. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a woman actually be like, yeah, totally would have gone on a date with Ted Bundy. Like, even, like, women who got away from Ted Bundy back in the day were like, yeah, there was something off about that guy. He was like a young Republican, which is also true. Um, And I don't know. Like, I feel like with Ted Bundy, you know, uh, true crime people go in waves, right? Where there's, like, one killer that everybody's obsessed with, and for a while it was Manson with the Manson family murders, and it's just boring as shit. And I think Ted Bundy, unless it's honestly, unless it's The Stranger Beside Me by Ann Rule, I do not give a shit about Ted Bundy. And I think that's the problem is Ann Rule
1: exists, so there's nothing like revelatory in the same way that like mm-hmm. the Dahmer files is like, oh, you actually see this woman come to terms with the possibility that she ate people. On film.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also I think there's the other the only other thing about Ted Mundy that I find interesting is the fact that he helps uh, the authorities find the Green River Killer because he it was it was like, I mean, this was basically Mindhunter where it's just like, uh, you know, they go to him and they're like, listen, so we're trying to find this guy who has a similar MO to you. What would you do if you were him? And he was like, well, he's obviously going to come back to the scene of the crime because that's what I did, where, you know, you come back and you dig up the body and defile it because you're a piece of shit. So just, you know, he's going to do that. So look out for that. And then that, that's how they caught him. Um, but honestly, can we all just get around to, like, Albert Fish or something and start talking about him ad nauseum for, like, two years straight?
1: I'd rather it be H.H. H. Holmes, personally. Oh,
0: well, I mean, we're about to get that uh, movie, uh, Devil in the White hey, City. Into it. Which, into basically, it. it sounds like sort of murder Willy Wonka. Where it's like, come to my big creepy house where I kill people. I mean, the man designed
1: a home explicitly to kill people.
0: (laughs) I don't like the look of it. Yeah, he's got, (laughs) I mean, if he didn't have, like, evil bellhops to, like, creep around and menace people like the fucking Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, he wasted his wealth. Like, if you're going to be a creepy, old-timey killer with a murder hotel, you got to commit. Yeah. Honestly, anybody but Leo DiCaprio for H. A. Johnson. Anyway, so Brian, f- have you heard the podcast Dr. Death? Dr. Death. No. The only the only Doctor Death I'm aware of is uh, Dr. C. Williams. Williams, yeah. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> yeah, so this podcast is one of those uh, prestige
1: format podcasts. It is in some ways the a parody of what it's supposed to be unintentionally, because it's got like a blues hammer esque Uh, Don't you kill me! Sound (laughs) like bluesy soundtrack. Excellent. It's like that guy moved to Nashville two days ago and paid five hundred dollars for his Garth Brooks t shirt. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) But the actual story is it's. You can tell it's good true crime when, while I'm doing dishes, I just yell, "No, <laughs> no way, shut the fuck up!" Get and the then fuck they out of here. add the next thing is like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> fuck, honestly. And he continued to kill for six more months. What? Why? Yeah, <laughs> oh. you, know, you had
0: the audio clip of we thought something was off, but we let it slide. No. <laughs> oh my god. Also, side note. I just put two and two together. Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Um, that, the first, I feel like I have had, because uh, I played that game when I was a little kid. Um, I feel like I've had the the song from the first level of Super <laughs> Ghouls and Ghosts stuck in my head since childhood. Uh, Here's
1: a secret that no one's really going to uh, admit to. Mm-hmm. There isn't a second level. It's, desi- <laughs> it's designed <laughs> for you to never get to level two. Isn't
0: there like a giant evil bird at the end of the first level? I I can't speak to that because I've
1: never gotten that far.
0: Well, there we go. And what, you're King Arthur for certainly reasons, and you're like, yeah, anyway. it's. I feel like uh, games like uh, Super Ghouls and Ghosts and Zombies Ate My Neighbors I feel like they didn't need to be super high concept back in the day because you were just like, you know what? There's fucking ghosts and you've got a, I don't know, a baseball bat or a lens. Zombie Fuck Ate you.
1: My neighbor. Zombies Ate My Neighbors is especially great because you start with a squirt gun, mm-hmm. which will kill zombies, but then very quickly you upgrade to a bazooka that <laughs> also will kill zombies.
0: That's a proportionate progression,
1: I think. <laughs> you know. All right, son. You know.
0: you know, you've done really good with this water pistol. Have this RPG for the zombies i think i think you've you've, you know you're you're a young man now you should you should have your own rocket launcher um ryan do you like cats i love cats more than probably anything now what about cats that are stuffed with smaller mutant cats oh yeah two for one this is yeah that's honestly just a good deal at that point So let's talk about Graydon Clark's Uninvited. Holy shit. So uh, Graydon Clark, who is, uh, uh, you know, Luminary director, Graydon Clark, uh, his movie Uninvited from 1981. This. Oh, it's It's so good. (laughs) Oh, it's wonderful. And let me tell you, it is every inch a 1981 movie. It is. uh, It's incredible. So. The plot of this movie, holy shit. So let's give a brief little uh, synopsis of Uninvited yeah. by Graydon. Clark. So
1: first of all, if you haven't seen it, the Blu-ray from Vinegar Syndrome has just dropped, and they, they did it. They done did it again, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> they made a excellent we don't deserve blu-rays as good as this for no. uninvited no <laughs> but for they it, did it anyway they're like the, no we're gonna make a brand new audio commentary
0: track my god with the kick-ass uh, cover art on uninvited um yeah. it's so uh, this movie it features uh all right all right so in uh 2019 we're pretty used to cg um the what i i miss when they were like okay So we need an evil cat with a smaller, more fucked up cat inside of it to just be wandering around killing people. And it's so it's a bunch of uh, young. Now, of the two movies we're doing on this podcast um, for today, before we do listener requests, a lot of dead, young, rich folks.
1: Yeah, just like something about the 80s was like fucking yuppie teenagers are awful
0: it's a yuppie massacre and it should be and like they
1: do nothing to redeem themselves they don't even stop and go hold on a minute we're getting a bad rap they're like nope we're (laughs) awful children you
0: know god bless them they're like yeah i will show up to these movies where yuppie children are laying bloody waste because we are awful um and so there are these uh kids in the uh who are on a cruise ship with like weird crime guys who are it's like a
1: yacht And the uninvited are the teens, so, like, it's a money-laundering, uh, drive-around-the-harbor kind of thing. Oh,
0: they're the uninvited.
1: Yeah, the teens are the uninvited. Ah. I mean, the cat is also the uninvited, (laughs) and, I mean, you could probably argue that the mutant inside the cat isn't invited as far as the cat's concerned.
0: Yeah, now, as this is 1981, the soundtrack on this goddamn motion picture, it is... Um, whoever uh, I, I because this is a serious podcast and we do a lot of really good research. I have no idea who did the soundtrack, but they go ham fucking sandwich on a like Yamaha DX7 synthesizer. Um, it is just they, It is synthy as fuck. Like it sounds like if you could just ring out 1981 into a bucket and then dump it over my head. That's what the synth sounds like, and it is perfect. Um, and so these uh, shithead teenagers they decide that they they want to go a party in and having you know 1981 japes but there's a, a a sensitive young lad amongst them who uh has a beard and a little like uh josh brolin in uh or james brolin excuse me in amityville uh floppy haircut yeah and he's just like oh guys you're so busy smoochin <laughs> Yeah, He's I'm, like, I'm just b- going to hang out by myself. I'm busy thinking my sensitive, thinky thoughts, and you guys are out here breaking bottles over your dicks and being yuppies. And so there is a cat aboard this ship with a smaller, scarier cat inside of it. How does that come about?
1: So the cat escapes from a medical testing facility, and uh, quickly <laughs> just is on the dock, and the girls are like, look at this cute cat, and picks it up and puts it on the boat.
0: Yeah, and the I love that... Now, any, any uh, film production that has to have a cat that does anything, I'm always impressed that they have managed to convince a cat to, for example, run down some stairs um, away from them. And so the cat is... This is not a, a demon movie. This is an evil science movie where the cat is full of bad cat science.
1: Yeah, it's like the cat's innards are actually a mutant, alien, awful cat. And yeah. I think what's great is most movies you would not want to show your monster in the first scene. But <laughs> Graydon Clark says No. People came to this movie to see a fucked up weird cat creature. So we're going to show it in as many scenes as we possibly can.
0: So as you might guess on this podcast, we stan Graydon Clark for giving the people what they want. Like, we we are not watching uh, Uninvited to see, like, an unknown killer POV and have it revealed to be a fucked up demon cat. We are, yeah, we are just given the thing that we want right from Jump Street, fucked up demon cat with a smaller cat inside of him. And uh, it's killing... Now... Somebody else pops up in this motion picture uh, as the guy who is steering the boat, who is uh, American treasure and um, veteran character actor Clue Gulliger. Yes. Who, from, you know, Return of the Living Dead and Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two, And he is uh, drunk as hell and singing the Battle Hymn of the Republic at the top of his rotten lungs as he's drunkenly steering the ship. And the main character in this movie, uh, played by Tony Hudson, uh, Rachel... Um, she has the blankest screen presence I've ever had the pleasure to see. Just, just air. Yeah, nothing. It's just, it's, it's like it, it, she is the acting equivalent. You know the glaucoma test they give you at the eye doctor. <laughs> yeah, just a puff of air
1: in your eyes. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Tony Hudson.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. Uh, and so she, uh, her, something with her parents. Like she wants, she wants this yacht. She wants it to have right. Um, And the guy who's running the boat is just this sort of like 70s chauvinist, like, hey, baby, like he just sort of mustaches his way everywhere. And he's sort of like, if you want this boat, you got to sleep with me. And she's like, no. And he's like, all right, baby. And he just like sort of dances off like Steve Martin in the uh, Cruising with the Foxes sketch. And so he and a guy who looks like a Salem era judge who would condemn a witch with this haircut—these um, <laughs> two dudes are like trying to get to the Cayman Islands, presumably, with their ill-gotten gains. Uh, honestly, the plot does
1: not matter.
0: No, not what one. What matters
1: bit. is that there is a cat that is killing people one by one on the boat.
0: Yeah, and also it's it's this movie has two things going for it. It's demon cat with smaller fucked up demon cat inside of it. And that yacht rock soundtrack. Yes. Um, every, every single like pitchfork yacht rock uh, listicle about the best of yacht rock, which is bad light rock and demon cat and dead yuppies. Um, and Clue Gulliger, who's in this movie for like eight seconds as the drunk guy steering the ship, and, and then, spits wine on a cat, which even though he's a demon cat, that's very rude. Yeah, don't spit wine on the cat. What are, what are we doing? Actually, excuse me. This is 1988, not 1981. The next one we're doing is 1981. Um, he So Kluge-Liger, um, he, they throw a Muppet cat at him and he goes, Wah! and like swings the cat around while it bites his face. Uh, and it's it's perfect. You get to see Gluh miming being killed by a cat. So what is a better
1: cat horror movie? Cat in the Brain by Lucio Fulci or Graydon Clark's The Uninvited?
0: Ooh, I feel like probably The Uninvited because Cat in the Brain is only fun if you're familiar with uh, his oeuvre. Right. Right. For Cat in the Brain, um, and I feel like uh, this movie is a perfect little rancid gas station snack of a of a horror movie. Like it's it's a killer cat movie where yuppies get killed on a boat, and it's great. Yeah. Um, and Cat in the Brain is sort of arduous to get through, where you're kind of like, "Yes, I know you're a very dirty man, and this is you trying to make sense of why you make horror movies." And I'm I'm so tired. I just want to go <laughs> home. And this one, you know, it's a it's a, a tight ninety minutes. Uh, yuppies die on a boat and get killed by a Muppet Cat. So I went home deeply happy.
1: So right above Cat in the Brain, which is our current
0: 111, is Mindhunters. <laughs> Alright, so there we, th- here we have the question. Uh, right above Mindhunters... Because I do think, I think this is better than Mindhunters, plural, from 2004, right? Like, not the not the Netflix series Mindhunter singular? Right,
1: not Mindhunter. Mindhunter's wherein a man is frozen with uh, liquid <laughs> nitrogen
0: and shattered. Right, which is certainly one of the premier horror deaths, I feel. Like, it's one of the best scenes in Jason X. By the way, if we do Mindhunter singular, the, uh, the series they did on Netflix, we're scrolling to the top of the fucking list. Uh, mind hunter is incredible but so the question i have which is better um uninvited which features an evil cat or deep blue sea which features super sharks
1: man i feel like as much as i love the creature effects in uninvited Mm -hmm. it doesn't have the plot and the like screenwriting of a deep blue sea
0: Yeah. Plus, Deeply Sea has Thomas Jane and LL Cool J. Right. And there's no spunky
1: parrot sidekick. There's just a dude with a beard who came as a third wheel on this yacht (laughs) trip.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Who's just and there's one. There's a line in there where it's like he says like, "Oh, I feel like Woody Allen," which I gotta tell you, in the harsh light of 2019, not a great line. Age Like Milk. Um, oh, it certainly did. It's Age Like Milk at the. It, yeah, like loose gogurt at the bottom of a paper bag. Um, and so Deep Blue Sea also has the song Deepest Bluest by LL Cool J, which. It does. His hat is like a Sharks fin. So purely for the tie in rap and the Thomas Jane performance, I feel comfortable putting uh, Uninvited at our new number 110 below All Deep Blue right. Sea and above Mind, Un- Mind Hunters Plural from 2004.
1: Okay, Uh, so thank you, uh, Vinegar Syndrome, for sending us another amazing Blu-ray. Keep putting out uh, the good good.
0: You you guys are doing the Lord's work.
1: So let's talk about our next movie.
0: Oh, yeah. All right, so our next movie. Holy shit. So we did uh, Happy Birthday to Me from 1981. Now, happy birthday to me. This is a uh, boilerplate... All right, not exactly a boilerplate uh, early 80s slasher, but kind of, right? It has been termed a slasher
1: classic.
0: Yeah, and it... I think this is... All right, so I think we need to come up with a term for horror movies that have a way better cover or a way better trailer than the actual movie deserves. Like, Is it like... I'm trying
1: to think of a pun, and I'm drawing a blank.
0: Same. I think what makes it
1: worse is that this film that we're reviewing was Mm -hmm. sent to us by Mill Creek because it's part of the VHS Blu-ray slipcover collection. So not only do you have the VHS cover, but you also have a facsimile of a tape with... Uh, 50 cent charge if tape is not rewound on it. And it just
0: really, you know, cinches the deal. I love gimmicky bullshit. <laughs> love it. It's so good. Like, yeah, if I'm watching Happy Birthday to Me. Now, happy, all right, so Happy Birthday to Me. Um, The the iconic, I would say, uh, God damn it, I hate to say it, but it's probably an iconic cover. The iconic cover of Happy Birthday to Me features one of the characters from the movie with a shish kebab uh, with various uh, meats and veggies on it, impaling his throat. And he's yeah, just like... And he's just like, like looking into the middle distance all fucking googly-eyed while getting uh, shish kebabbed. And you think to yourself, now, you know, you haven't seen Happy Birthday to Me yet, so you're wondering to yourself, wandering the video shack, well, what the hell does a shish kebab have to do with birthdays? It doesn't fucking matter. Listen to me. This movie on the poster is like... We've got six... Hi, folks. Hi. Thank you for coming out and watching Happy Birthday to Me from 1981. We have six of the weirdest deaths we could commit to celluloid. Verbatim on
1: the Mill Creek uh, slipcase. Six of the most bizarre murders you will ever
0: see. <laughs> God, it's, the, it's exactly what it says on the tin. And so Happy Birthday to Me. Uh, this was part of the early 80s uh, school of slasher, which is basically Kirkland Signature jalo. Where it is, you know, Happy Birthday to Me is, uh, you could, it's boilerplate, and you can group it with April Fool's Day, Prom Night, My Bloody Valentine, Terror Train, Final Exam, like Black it, it's Christmas, Black Christmas, New Year's Evil, and you know, stage it even, fright, it stage fright, and Happy Birthday to Me. Like this could be grouped with like the holiday slasher movies from the early '80s, where it was just like Silent Night, Deadly Night, and New Year's Evil. Fucking Arbor Day, probably. I I haven't Googled Arbor Day movie, but I'm prob- I'm sure there's a fucking early '80s Canadian production of a. Horror if movie there's not Arbor an
1: Day. early '80s Canadian production, there's a 2016 parody <laughs> production.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so Happy Birthday to me. Uh, the the movie follows uh, a character who was traumatized as a child, and the movie is sort of telegraphing from uh, the first scene. Probably the killer is the main character, Ginny. Now, Ginny is uh, a member of a, a group of basically heathers at her school called the Top Ten, and the Top Ten are a bunch of uh, country club visiting, sweater draping, poofy blonde dipshits who and just like irredeemably terrible boyfriends. Oh for yeah, for all of them. Oh, very bad. Like they all of all of these boyfriends are shitbirds. Um, now the, the the movie opens with a, with a scene that I think is actually kind of cool, um, where uh, the this this lady uh, she's like getting like stalked by what maybe a killer and like she almost gets strangled in, in in a car, and then she she gets strangled and then the killer stops because it's like haha they're probably dead and the lady's like J K fooled you bitch and like pops up and tries getting away because she faked the killer into thinking that they had killed her, and then she bumps into someone she recognizes that the camera does not show us. And she's like, oh, thank God, it's just you. And they're like, I, I'm actually a murderer!" And they pull out a straight razor and kill her, and you don't get to see who it was. So right away, it's giving us the the whodunit killer POV aspect. And complete with black glove killer to yes. give us the full Malto Miljalo uh, of early 80s slasher movies. And so throughout the course of the film, the plot does not matter, as with most 80s horror movies. But now the plot does kind of matter because now... I feel like, and this is me being pedantic, not every movie with a main killer who kills people is a slasher movie. They, and I, I feel like in order to qualify as a slasher, it needs to adhere to a number of criteria, and one of those is a sin from the past is coming back to bite you in the ass in the present, right? Like Prom Night, uh, Terror Train, like all of these things where something happens back, yeah, shit, even Friday the 13th, which technically is also... A boilerplate slasher movie, largely in the vein of Happy Birthday to Me.
1: Right, because it is. I mean, Sleepaway Camp is the same thing. It's something terrible in the past is being uh, come up and has has come up.
0: Yeah, even shit. I love Nightmare on Elm Street, and I think it largely breaks a lot of slasher conventions. But it's also undeniably a slasher movie. Like you're, you you know who the killer is in Nightmare on Elm Street. So in that way, it's not a, a pure early '80s boilerplate slasher. But the sins of the father, basically, right? And so in Happy Birthday to Me, uh, the shithead teens in this town, their favorite game to play is that there's a big drawbridge that pops up when there's a sh- uh, there's a barge coming through. And the teens like to, like, gun the gas and, you know, drive up against the bridge and fly through the air on the other side. And oh, no, like, back in the day, apparently Jenny's, what is it, mother died during this game?
1: I honestly can't <laughs> confirm Comple- or deny. I watched it, but maybe <laughs> oh, just, it doesn't matter because a guy gets shish kebab to death.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. A guy gets his scarf caught in a motorcycle and gets his face like peeled off. That's that's the reason you're watching Happy Birthday to Me. You're not watching this for the pathos. Or the backstory, that is why you're watching this movie.
1: Can we talk about the most put upon character in this whole movie who is the owner of the bar that these
0: awful (sighs) kids and Elks Lodge dudes are hanging out at? He deals with so much. What so so he these these kids are just making his life a living hell every goddamn day.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and he says, like, don't come back again. But you know they're going to come back, and you know this isn't the first time they have trashed his entire bar by inciting a small
0: riot. You know what it is? This is like a really shitty proto-version of the La Hem scene from Rent, where it's just like (laughs) a bunch of shithead kids coming in, and the owner's like, ah, guys, come on, you can't keep coming in, and they're like, fuck it, we're pushing some tables together. Um, And so these shitty teens... Uh, they show up, and there's a bunch of, like, Elks Lodge dudes with the goofy fezzes or whatever, which, by the way, I have fallen down an internet hole. Did you know the Elks Lodge dudes are still around?
1: Yeah, um, a lot of those uh, secret orders are still around. Um, I fellows. wanted to join the Oddfellows because they shake hands with skeletons, or least they used to. <laughs> and, what? um... That's like Quincy, a thing. Is gotta, like part of the the original initiation was you had to go into the basement and open up a um, coffin and do the secret handshake with a skeleton.
0: You get to do a secret handshake with a skeleton, or so the internet
1: has to- has
0: promised me. Quincy, but, we gotta join. We gotta join Oddfellows. They let you touch a skeleton.
1: But apparently, the Oddfellows like don't actually. I don't know. The, the whole point of the organization is not to hang out with skeletons, so I have decided <laughs> oh, against pursuing it.
0: So clearly I need to send them an email, Dear Oddfellows at com, Can I touch a cool skeleton? Let me know. And I'll just send them that email and just hover in front of my inbox, chin-handing, uh, yeah. waiting to hear back.
1: But, like, if you browse through, like, creepy antiques... There's a lot of Oddfellows Lodge stuff, because apparently the Oddfellows, you know, they ain't masons, so they don't have the staying power. So, like, when a lodge closes, a bunch of collectors will, like, buy and sell that stuff. And they've got all kinds of, like, skeletons and, you know, swords and, and stuff So like if, So,
0: if the masons are, like, Metallica, Oddfellows are, like, Crocus. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's this, like, shitty offshoot, like, Oddfellows, and... Yeah, I uh, apparently there. Uh, there's a push to get the young folks joining up with the Elks again, and it's like a cool thing. My problem is, and it's not even the Elks Lodge. Uh, elks Lodge's fault, but uh, I'm sure you're also familiar with the Proud Boys, yes, um, which are obviously terrible shitheads. They, uh, I, I was sort of clowning them on Twitter um, a few months ago in this. Uh, Fella pops up in my mentions to be like, you know, like I'm I'm a member of the Proud Boys and it's just like a like a dudes club like the Elks Lodge like it's just a fun thing for the the lads the guys and it's it's like okay so it's a circle jerk for old men is what I'm understanding about the Elks Lodge um, but apparently they do a lot of good charity work so yeah, yeah.
1: I think it's like it's to good. offset your your uh, drinking
0: <laughs> that just sounds like Catholicism you drink <laughs> you, you drink a lot and you feel guilty and you, you want to give back like that's that's mostly it um but so they uh run they, they run afoul of the Elks Lodge at the local watering hole because they, they put a rat in
1: their beer
0: yeah they put a rat in the beer stein <laughs> a beer style. a live
1: to, rat and the rat is not happy about
0: it no which honestly immediately I was like this poor rat like he's just hanging out and then it gets dropped into the foamiest beer in the world it's it's bad Um, And so, yeah, so what we get six wild deaths that um, range from boring to like, oh, that's kind of cool, I guess. Um, This was a uh, so happy birthday to me was a video nasty. This was on the list of movies banned in the UK in the 1980s because of uh, what was perceived to be a breakdown of moral fiber via the demonic VCR. Um, And I think it was all to do with that cover. I think if this movie did not have the shish kebab cover it would not have made the video nasty list because, you know, it, it says the six uh, w- weirdest murders you'll ever see, not technically true. You don't actually get to see a guy's face get peeled off by a motorcycle. It's just implied. Yeah, you. it's like the Texas, I mean, not exactly like Texas Chainsaw, but it's kind of like Texas Chainsaw in that you're expecting, at the very least, you're signing up for wild, goofy cartoon murder. You don't even get to see a lot of it so i'm looking on our list and i'm
1: wondering if it goes above
0: or below deathbed the bed that eats (laughs) the bed that eats uh i feel like i'm putting this below deathbed the bed that eats purely because uh, there's, this is part of a very specific milieu with early 80s slashers, and it's utterly indistinguishable to me from the three dozen slashers we could probably name off the top of our head if we wanted to, where Deathbed, colon, The Bed That Eats, is a movie about an evil bed that eats people. And I can think of exactly one movie that does that, and it's a Deathbed. Okay, on that same caliber what's a better
1: movie happy birthday to me or spooky buddies
0: (laughs) all right you take this one which one do you think is better um well only one of them has a demon that's quelled with a dog fart (laughs) yeah a dog fart after the dog eats a pickled eyeball and farts the fumes onto a ghost and kills it Okay, okay. Let me ask you this.
1: So, on our list at 322 is another video nasty that is underwhelming, Don't Go Near the Park, which, as you know, is about immortal cave people that live in a city park and eat people. (laughs)
0: Right, not to be confused with Don't Go in the House. Really, there were a lot of don't movies from around that period. Yeah, just
1: just don't. Just don't. So what is the better video nasty? Don't Go Near the Park or Happy Birthday to Me?
0: I think I'm going with Happy Birthday to Me purely because... uh, Have you seen the trailer for Happy Birthday to Me? I actually haven't. It's great. Uh, you should YouTube it. Um, it, it's, uh, it features like a black gloved hand slowly lighting candles on a birthday cake. And then at the very end, the camera pull, you know sort of zooms in, the music cuts out, and then an ax goes into the cake. And then it's like, yeah, fucking shish kebab guy. And it's um, kind of a great trailer at least. And I feel like um, it, the deaths are fun, where I couldn't tell you about any of the deaths from Don't Go Near the Park off the top of my head.
1: The only one of note is they, like, with their bare hands, rip a guy's tummy open.
0: Right, which is pretty cool. But, I mean, between that and the shish kebab death and the motorcycle death, like, I gotta go with those. Oh, also a guy, uh, a a jock gets uh, murdered with a free weight, so that's fun.
1: Yeah, I, I always like to come up with the thing that you're really into,
0: Yeah, it's it's a very Nightmare on Elm Street death, I think, that, like, the the way that you bite it is going to be your thing. We're going to drop exactly one reference to earlier in the movie so that when it comes back up, it's like, oh, you know, I hate bugs, looks into the camera, and then later on you get turned into a cockroach and squished. It's it's like that, but without the supernatural element.
1: Now, I'm going to go ahead and say that this movie does not deserve to go above Pagan Invasion Halloween Trick or Treat.
0: Oh, certainly not. At, at the very least, this doesn't have a, a, a notable soundtrack. Where Pagan Invasion colon Halloween trick uh, trick or treat, uh, that that score, honestly, <laughs> that CGI crystal castle with yes. that driving pounding synthesizer, oh, so good. It's it's like a it's like an everything is terrible video, and it's it's absolutely perfect. So I feel like, yeah, I'm putting uh, Pagan Invasion above that, which. Also, I love Pagan Invasion because it mostly just makes me want to be a pagan. Like you watch this thing, <laughs> right, and it's like it does
1: not do a good job of saying <laughs> this no. is not good. It's no, like, it's like this I just,
0: is actually pretty cool. It's like, so wait, so I get to hang out and play D anD D and listen to Slayer? That that sounds pretty cool. I can, I can, I can get into that.
1: Also, um, that one of the pagans interviewed is also a martial arts expert.
0: This guy is the coolest motherfucker who's ever lived. Of course, I'll be a pagan now. Um, so yeah, so putting that uh, below Halloween tricks or tr- uh, Halloween trick or treat. All right, here we go. Here we go. Which is better, Blood on the Badge, which is a it's like an action horror
1: movie. It's an action movie
0: with friendly ghosts. <laughs> so friendly ghosts and also cops getting killed, which a plus. Or uh, the movie that is basically every early '80s slasher just condensed into a greatest hits collection. I feel like
1: we really should put "Happy Birthday to Me" above "Blood
0: on the Badge." I think so too. I mean, because it's like it's 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 a perfectly serviceable early '80s slasher. Like this is one of those, you know. What I so I've gotten into um, cocktails and 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 uh, boozes because this is what my early '30s look like. I guess. Um, this is like that uh, house bourbon that you show up to a house and you're like, hey, I've got this bourbon that everybody can agree is good. And you're like, yeah, sure, I'll take it, Neat. This is that. Like, this is, you go to any party, you put on Happy Birthday to Me, with, you know, like with horror people, and it's just like, you know what, sure, let's, let's just have this on in the background as a classic slasher while we're doing other stuff.
1: Yeah. So, is it, is, are slashers better than weird novelty videos from Halloween?
0: Maybe I've just seen too many slasher movies, because I I would say that... All right, is this an accurate statement? Are slasher movies our main milieu? They're not my number one
1: fave, but Mm -hmm. I also recognize that I'm a strange, strange ghoul that wants to watch Southeast Asian uh, parodies of Terminator, of which there are (laughs) way more than you would think. A
0: non-zero number,
1: yeah but yeah like it, it's kind of played out
0: in a way mhm and yeah, there's I, you other know, slashers that do
1: this better
0: agree I, I the the gold standard honestly to me for early 80s slashers is curtains yeah like, that one rules it's so good and it, it makes me it makes me resent uh movies like Friday the 13th because i'm like you could have been that and you don't you don't have that eye for visuals that that movie has, and it's just boring. So you know what it is: early '80s slashers don't need our help. Yeah, really. like they—they're don't worry about early '80s slashers; they're fine. I—I uh, I, I feel good uh, giving the edge to weird Halloween specials. Now that being said, does Beans Baxter need our help either? <laughs> Beans Baxter needs all the help in the world. <laughs> God bless Beans Baxter. So, okay, for real, is Spooky World
1: narrated by Kane Hodder better or worse than Happy Birthday to Me?
0: Oh, it's probably not as good. Yeah, it's just that, <laughs> hey, that's Kane Hodder doing that. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, it's it's Kane Hodder and, oh, shit, there's the guy who did the Monster Mash shit-talking Elvis for dying, I guess? Yeah. So that's fun. <laughs> Where he's like, yeah, Elvis Presley said... Yeah, like, Boris uh, Boris Pickett was like, yeah, Elvis said that this was the dumbest thing he'd ever heard. You're fucking dead now, Elvis! Like, so that's great. But, yeah, I, I feel like I'm giving the edge to Happy Birthday to Me over that. However, I'm also putting it above the Wickedest Witch, I think. Yeah, because
1: there's no elf puppets.
0: <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I feel I feel good about that. So... Weirdly enough, I think it
1: goes right below Beans Baxter, where there's killer pumpkins, and right above the wickedest witch, which is weird lizard puppets and and uh, <laughs> Rue McClanahan. Man, absolutely! What weird sentences to say on our hundredth episode. It's
0: you know it's uh, this is this is the life we've chosen for ourselves. So yeah, so coming in at our new number three hundred and fifteen is Happy Birthday to Me from 1981. So, uh, inc- Inconspicuous Ideas on Tumblr uh, says, Following up on the requests for requests, I love me some Drag Me to Hell. Want to discuss that? Also, as a separate request, the zombie episode of Spaced, Season 1, Episode 3. I haven't seen Spaced, but I have definitely seen Drag Me to Hell many, many times. Let's scroll to the top of the list. Fuck yeah. Oh, I love Drag Me to Hell so much. It's, it is it is uh, so funny. Oh, I love it. It's, uh, I think of it as Sam Raimi's apology for Spider-Man 3. Yeah, it's like, hey, remember why you like me? Yeah, uh, Drag Me to Hell, which, uh, for those of our listeners who may not have seen it... Now, there is a troubling, like, racism aspect of Drag Me to Hell where it's about, like, a Romani curse. Uh, where it's, like, an old Romani lady who gets her house foreclosed on and she curses the bank lady. Which, by the way, that movie was filmed in and around Echo Park, which is where I used to live. Uh, the The house I used uh, for the main character's house in Drag Me to Hell was, like, a hundred yards away from where I used to live in Echo Park. So... I watched this movie a lot when I lived in Echo Park Um, it so it follows uh, the the curse laid on this young lady who it's like uh, in what however many days you will be dragged to hell by demons.
1: And spoiler alert so if you haven't seen this movie please stop the podcast right now. She gets dragged to hell.
0: <laughs> they drag her to hell. Yeah, she, gets, <laughs> she, she defo gets dragged to hell. Uh, it rules. You've got a flying goat that yells at people. You've got weird, squicky body horror. You've got uh, a lady fighting with an old lady's... Like, you've got the main character fighting with, with an old lady's corpse in an open grave that's filling up with rainwater. You've got fucking... I don't think Bruce Campbell shows up in this, but he should. Like, right. this is a fun 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 horror movie it's so good
1: aside from
0: aside from the racism which we got to acknowledge
1: but i believe that like i know this can be a cop-out but i think it it's it's hey remember thinner let's do that same movie but let's kind of make fun of the premise as well
0: (laughs) yeah it's it's literally yeah it's uh sam raimi riffing on uh thinner but also making an actually good movie um, honestly, even the CG in Drag Me to Hell holds up fucking a- amazingly in in 2019. Uh, I love Drag Me to Hell. All right, so here's, here's my question for Drag Me to Hell. Is it better, if we're, if we're going with Sam Raimi movies, is it better or worse than Evil Dead 2 at number 39?
1: It is not as good as Evil Dead 2 because Evil Dead mm-hmm. 2, I think, is where Raimi perfects his horror slap gore slapstick mm-hmm. but it yeah, sl- might be better than evil dead one
0: yeah all right so um pro- not as good as evil dead 2 but what so evil uh, the evil dead the original uh, we have down at number 46. i would put forward that it is not as good as the evil dead but definitely better than buffy the vampire slayer from 1992. I would
1: argue that it's actually not as good as Buffy the Vampire Slayer because right. Buffy is also slap sick in a. Like, Paul Rubin's performance in Buffy alone is Ooh. way better
0: that's a good point point. and also Buffy the Vampire Slayer was a very formative movie for me as a kid because I would watch it so much with my mom like I honestly that movie just makes me think of my mom because I love my mom and like th- that was the movie that we would watch over and over like we would we rented that movie from Blockbuster so much that we just eventually fucking bought it because we would watch it so much together
1: oh that's the best
0: yeah I would say it is
1: on the level if not better than 1990s It miniseries yeah
0: yeah, and I stand for uh, the 1990 It miniseries, but I feel like I want to give the... Because also, It is like, you got to have the night clear. You really do. Like, it's it's like three and a half hours to sit down and watch all of It, because this was from back in the the heady days of 1990 when... I would say um, nine out of every ten things on TV were probably a Stephen King miniseries. Yeah, that did people not have stuff to do? <laughs> no, that's all. They it was you, you know you would go over to somebody's house, you would watch uh, the Langoliers or or uh, the Tommyknockers, or you know it was just a million uh, Stephen so King miniseries around that period. What the fuck year was Twin Peaks on? Uh, that was uh, nineteen eighty nine to nineteen ninety. So like. How do
1: you have enough time in a week to watch both the new episode of Twin Peaks and an episode of the It miniseries and, you know, America's Funniest Home Videos? I don't (laughs) understand how this happened. I also don't understand that in 1990, being the tyrannical only child that I was, Mm -hmm. how my parents watched any TV ever. And I I think I owe my mother another (laughs) phone call.
0: Absolutely. Just like, hey, you know, I I see... You know, you you do a lot, and I see you. And I see your struggle. Um, So, yeah, so I feel good. All right. I'm going to put forward a thing. I think uh, that Drag Me to Hell by Sam Raimi is not as good as the It miniseries from 1990 because I think the It miniseries from 1990 gives me actual legitimate feelings in my emotion hole that, oh, I'm not saying that I'm never saying that again, that's the worst thing I've ever said um, but it is definitely better than the sacrament at
1: Oh, for 52. sure. We have, like, almost an unassailable top 50-51 now
0: I would agree, like, it's really really good, uh, so yeah, so coming in at our new number uh, 51. Yep, we are on uh, Stitcher, we're on Last.fm, we're on iTunes, we're on Podbean, we are, I think, not on Spotify yet. Does anybody use Spotify to listen to, I- I- to podcasts? If you do, I'm deeply interested but also kind of afraid to know that you listen to podcasts on uh, Spotify. Um, in any case, guys, uh, if you like what we do and you enjoy listening to us uh, d- doing literally a hundred episodes of just bellyaching about horror movies. Uh, consider uh, leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or telling a friend about us or harassing your family with us. Big fan of that. Um, But guys, this being our 100th episode, thank you so much for listening. This podcast is such a complete joy to do. Uh, And also, (laughs) with uh, keeping with this podcast as being a a montage of uh, Goofy, Quincy's audio got eaten toward the end of this podcast. So let me just say thank you guys very much and take it easy.